a what up long beach hope you're enjoying this holiday season and we're back with the last episode of the lb fee show for the year 2020 thank god as always this show is hosted by the 562.org which is myself jj fiddler and he's mike arabasio yeah last uh we can't get 2020 out of here fast enough i mean i got i'm i'm like the the uh, the people who clean the floor at the pyramid like as soon as the ball goes through the basket i'm barely even waiting for them to take it out just like let me get out there with the broom and <laughs> get everything cleaned up uh very special episode today uh a good behind the scenes look at what it's like to have to pause due to covid-19 in the middle of the season with uh, head coach Dan Munson who's helping to get his men's basketball team ready for their conference opener we hope friday and saturday against cal state bakersfield um but before we get to dan months we got to bring on the man the myth the legend andy fee andy how you doing gentlemen happy holidays good to uh to see uh your virtually uh, your smiling faces here but uh yeah I'm, I'm counting down the days to 2021 myself I, you know I'm, i've got the flipping the calendar like you I'm, I'm 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 crack of dawn i'm ready to rip start the new day yeah, I might burn. I might burn the calendar. You know, we might, <laughs> I might go full coach like ritual. You know, let's get a barrel and we'll I'll put my some negative COVID tests and a calendar in it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. How, how was the holiday, Andy? You get some. You get some downtime. You open up some good presents. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, Nicole and I and uh, our, our dog Sparky hanging out. You know, doing uh, the. Uh, the kind of solitary holiday, so a little, little different than most years, but uh, nice to get a little downtime and just kind of, uh, you know, really reflect on everything. Obviously, it's been a, a tough year, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're moving uh, hopefully in a better direction, kind of, kind of all of us. So just, you know, just trying to put things into context a lot, but it's, it's been a good, a good holiday break, that's for sure. I know we talked about it last year, holiday movies being so important to the traditions. I didn't know I needed the laughs from movies like Elf and A Christmas Story as much as I did this year. Well, laughing at a movie really felt good. It had been a while. No doubt, no doubt. You know, Clark Griswold, you know, a personal hero of mine and, uh, <laughs> you know, watching him do his thing every year. But like you said, uh, finding uh, time to smile. You know, I was kind of thinking about, um, you know, what, what we've all been going through and, and trying to, to keep a mindset, you know, and I've been trying to, to literally do three things a little bit more and that's smile more, even if it's fake smiling, but you know, the science is smiling, uh, right. reduces your heart rate and blood pressure, all those things. And then reframing, trying to take the, the frustration of something and reframe it into a positive and then just trying to be resilient. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what we're all going through. That's for sure. Well, I have a I have a New Year's resolution for you. I, it's not customary to suggest resolutions for other people, but my suggestion to you is I would like you to resolve to post more social media content of Sparky. <laughs> no doubt, right? I okay. Mean, I'm a big dogs of smile. Instagram person. You know what I mean? We don't have a dog. Like, there's not quite room in our life uh, for two kids and the dog. So I always love seeing uh, videos and pictures of other people's animals. <laughs> well, I will. I will absolutely take that to heart. I will okay. follow through on that for sure. And I love that suggestion. It's an achievable resolution. You know, we all no we got to break ourselves off some bite-sized pieces here, trying to look ahead. <laughs> Andy, you mentioned smiling more and the women's basketball team at Long Beach State has been smiling more recently. Big win to open conference play over the weekend. They're playing again today as we record on, as we record on Monday. Uh, but I just kind of wanted to ask a little bit about uh, that process, right? 
You talked about the protocols and everything that needs to be done to actually host an athletic event. Can you go into a little bit more detail as to what you need to do and what your facilities uh, management department needs to do to make sure that these games can go off at Walter Pyramid? Yeah, you know, um, putting together an event, um, even during normal times, is, is complex. Lots of things you need to do. So, um, you know, we've got our checklists on the, the normal things, right? Just having the baskets and doing all that. But then you throw in um, really what I call the sanitizing, which is, you know, how do you keep the facility clean? And um, how do you have staff there um, and keep them safe and keep the players safe um, and reduce um, contact. It's really, really weird. I mean, um, you guys have, have been able to see some of the games and, you know, how much of a, I'll call a skeleton crew, you know, we're, we're definitely trying to limit the, the number of people inside the venue. So, you know, it really comes down to coordination. And I, I give a lot of credit to, to Mark Edrington and Mike Herbera and, and the rest of their team to, to put it together because you've got to bring two teams in, you've got to keep them separated. Um, you know, you've got to find them just the little things like where do you put them at halftime and, you know, what, how do you clean, you know, the floor and, you know, the floor mopper running out there. Um, but at the same time, staying away from the referee and, and the players and it, it's very difficult, but, um, you know, the, the attention to detail is really what it boils down to, uh, to answer your question. So really getting in the weeds and making sure people follow through and really check the boxes of, of keeping people safe. It's definitely an interesting experience covering the games. I think I've seen four games, however many games have been in the pyramid I've been there for. And uh, like, I've been, I'm, I'm a logistics nerd. I know Andy, you and I have talked about this a lot. You know, like when JJ and I went to London for the Olympics, I was like taking pictures of the streets that had been rerouted. So it was Olympics only traffic, right? Um, I've been really impressed with how thorough the logistics planning is uh, to where, to the extent that it's like, okay, if you have to go to the bathroom, this is the route you take to get to the upper deck. Because if you go to a different part of the upper deck, now a whole new quarter of the pyramid has to be sanitized, which is a big building, obviously. <laughs> so it's, it's very thorough. It's definitely, every time we post, you know, we get to a game, we post a picture, everyone immediately comments, you know, on our Twitter and our Facebook and stuff. Like, it just looks so different in there. And it does. I mean, it is just not analogous to um a regular ncaa basketball game in there when you've got two of the stands raised and each player has their little basket with their you know, water bottle and everything else in it um but uh, but it, it is it, i've sort of had the same thought that you know coach Cameron and and that uh, coach munson have expressed in this podcast of every time i'm sitting there i'm just like really grateful you know that <laughs> that all that work is being done for a 40 minute mid-major college basketball game that I get to cover. Cause it, it's, it's a ride for sure in the pyramid right now. Yeah. It's, it, it is definitely odd. Like you said, um, even well, the you're not there. Stuff. I mean, yeah, you're like... <laughs> I, I'm watching beach vision like everybody else, right. you know, watching this. And that's what I think the, the really unique thing is, is that, you know, for the fans at home to really understand how, unique and different and almost uh, being on another planet surface it is for everybody there for the media for the players for you know our staff working it I mean as you said I mean we have paths that if you want to go to the restroom you, you know normally in the pyramid you know you get up you walk around you go wherever you want really without it's pretty easy sports, to stretch your legs normally covering a game right you just kind of wander around <laughs> and do a circle up and down the stands and you know we, we all just kind of walk around and in this world, as you mentioned, it's really 
um, restrictive. I hate to use that term, but you know, we're trying to restrict um, the opportunity for transmission and, and cleaning and, and all of those things. So it really is um, very, very odd is the best way I can describe it. So now that the women are playing, the men are trying to get out of the pause that we talked about last week. If you missed last week's episode, we also had a great conversation with Jeff Kamen. So, so check that out. But so the men's team is in pause. They're basically quarantined. They had to sacrifice their holiday to quarantine to try to get back in time for this weekend. What does that mean for them? What are they up to? Are they taking tests every day? Are you guys, are, is the university administering those tests or are they coming from a third party? How does that all work? Yeah, so uh, we are in quarantine um, since Saturday, I believe. We've actually um, gotten some, some approvals to do some kind of one-on-one workouts with, with one coach and two players, one player on either end of the, of the court. But uh, we are testing, uh, COVID testing, as we've been doing since uh, we began the year. Um, you know, I mean, I, I give a lot of credit to the, to the athletes and the coaches, obviously, on, on both sides, but to the athletes. Um, you know, on the men's side, we haven't had a, you know, knock on wood and not trying to jinx anything, but recognize that, you know, we haven't had a player um, go down with COVID yet. And that's not easy. So, you know, they're continuing to do those things, which is to, to remain socially distant as best they can from folks. Um, we, we are testing, continue to have those negative tests. So that is a good thing. Uh, but it can be very stressful. Um, as, as, as you're mentioning during the holidays and maybe not celebrating the holidays as we normally do, typically we give them off and they can all, you know, fly home and, and, and you know, get a couple days away and, and be with family. And in this, in this world, they haven't really had that opportunity. And, and that goes for most college athletes across the country who have had to sacrifice so much. And then, and that's something I think is really important for our fans to know, um, living, you know, in COVID for all of us is difficult, right? We all, we all have to do certain things that, that we don't like and they're challenging. And, you know, for the student athletes, I mean, the, again, the minutia level of detail, what they can do and can't do. And the fact that um, they do it, they're 18 to 22. I don't know if I could have done it, you know, Andy at 18 to 22 years old. So, you know, I give them so much credit for um, how much they do love their sport because they're definitely showing that in, in their behaviors for sure. Who's paying for these tests? Is that is, are you guys footing that bill? Yeah, so we've we've had uh, donors step up in, in some really meaningful ways uh, to fund our, our COVID testing, and uh, you know we've been fundraising. We you know we did our day of giving to to go to offset a lot of the costs around these these unbudgeted expenditures that obviously we we've never had to face before. So thankfully, um, with uh, with our donors and, and the campus stepping in. Uh, we do have a very robust, you know, I, I don't even know how many times our athletes have been tested. I mean, it's some crazy number. I mean, I, it's almost like every day, uh, you know, the, the, I mean, they're averaging probably five tests a week or something, you know, I, I mean, it's insane how often they're getting tested and now how kind of nonchalant they are about, you know, a, a nosal fringe or whatever it is, that, you know, sticking up their nostril that at first it was, you know, oh my, I don't want to do this. And now it's kind of like secondhand, like, oh, it's time to test. No big deal. Right. <laughs> So, um, you know, we do have um, robust testing in place. The conference, um, the Big West Conference, now that we're in conference play, um, you know, we, we all are adhering to the protocols and the testing kind of rhythm, as we call it. We call it the testing rhythm, which is the days and when you test and, and all that stuff. So, you know, again, for the average fan to understand how often 
um, the coaches, the, the players, uh, you know, even staff that it's on my staff who are working um, these events um, that we're testing. So it's, it's a lot of behind the scenes activity for sure. Uh, we got some big news this week, which I know at least for me, as we talked about how happy we all are to close out 2020, I've started looking ahead to 2021 and stuff to be excited about. And number one on my list right now is the Big West announced that the men's and women's basketball tournaments are moving for this year to uh, Las Vegas to, I believe, the Mandalay Bay, yes, um, where they're going to happen in March. And I have to tell you, uh, the prospect of <laughs> getting to go to Las Vegas and cover a basketball tournament at a point in time at which hopefully a good chunk of the country has been vaccinated and we're starting to see some signs of normal life returning is uh, exciting beyond belief, Andy. What, what was your reaction to the news and, and uh, you know, finding out that, uh, that the Big West is headed to Vegas? Yeah, yeah. Viva Las Vegas, right? You know, it's... Um it's a, it's a great venue. So Mandalay Bay, they've done a lot of work over the last few years and renovating their facilities. Not that, you know, they were a bad facility, but they they've upgraded it quite a bit um, over the last probably two years. And so great venue to go to in terms of the student athletes um, getting to, to, to play on a, on a really great court and uh, a great arena. Um, the city, obviously they, they want people to come there for a particular reason. So you know, they've been fantastic in, in helping us make it work in terms of, you know, what are the logistics and, you know, because now you're adding in again, sorry to go back to COVID, but, you know, you get into how, how are we going to test all these athletes when they're in Las Vegas? And again, it'll be a really um, strict um, testing protocols in place. And um, really, you know, it's, you know, typically in a, in a year, you go, oh, Vegas, you know, you get to wander around and see the sites, you know, the players unfortunately won't be able to do that because they'll, they'll really be in a bubble. Um, what we'll be creating in Las Vegas is, is basically an NBA bubble for the time that the teams are there um, in terms of what, you know, in the hotel and, you know, who has access to what floors. I mean, it's going to be pretty, um, pretty ridiculous in terms of uh, what, what we would typically do, but but I'm excited, you know, um, at one of my previous institutions, uh, the University of San Diego, they, they moved from doing on-campus uh, tournaments to Vegas and uh, the Orleans uh, facility there. And so, you know, my, my, my last year there, I was the first year the WCC was in Vegas. And I can tell you, it was a great experience. Um, you know, they do it first class. I think the fans have a great opportunity to watch lots of basketball, get to do a lot of fun things outside of the games with multiple tournaments going on, you know, fans uh, typically would be able to do that. Now we don't know what it's going to look like in March. You know, I, I don't know at this point, I would probably say fans would not be able to go, but who knows if the vaccine becomes more widely, um, you know, accessible to, to the general public, you know, who knows, maybe we will be able to have some fans. I think that determination is going to come much, much later, but I would say, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for the student athletes um, to experience something. Again, it's not the, the, the full Vegas experience, maybe, but, um, you know, the chance for all 10 men's teams and the nine women's teams to go to Vegas and compete, that's a pretty special thing. So I'm fired up. I think it's going to be really great. What are the other advantages to having it all at one site like that? Like you guys were doing it at Honda Center, and I know we've talked on this show about doing it at the individual sites. So what's the advantages of just doing it one place like in Vegas? Yeah, so so this is great because we can have the men and women together. So, you know, we, we've been at the Honda Center, but the opening rounds of the women have been on the campuses. And, 
you know, that, that's fine, but I don't believe that that's right. I believe that the women and the men should play on the same court for the entire tournament. Um, that's all about equity, fairness. It's the right thing to do. Um, you know, you don't want to slight someone and go, well, you're less important. Um, I, I, you know, none of us believe that that's the right thing to do. So going to Vegas allows us to, to have those 10 men's teams and the nine women's teams all show up, all play on the same court, um, which shows a commitment, I think, to, to women's basketball, uh, that, that we value um, their sport as much as we value the men's sport. Um, and then just logistically, um, having everybody there together has some, you know, some challenges challenges because you do have more teams everybody's there but I think with the, the the protocols that are in place and and by that time you know these athletes they're already there they they, they understand the COVID world of how things work um, you know these teams are all going to be unfortunately very used to the world of you know limited contact and staying in and not going out and exploring that and, and we do want that. In a typical year, I do want our student athletes when they go to a unique place, let's go sightsee. Let's go see what's out there. You know, let's broaden your horizon. Unfortunately, in this world, uh, you know, they're not going to get that, that experience. But nonetheless, any opportunity, you know, to, to play the game that they love, that we love, is pretty special. So, you know, I'm really, you know, crossing fingers, knocking on wood, you name it, um, that we can keep this thing going, keep it safe and uh, really have a fun Big West tournament in Las Vegas. We're certainly looking forward to it. I'm sure all of LB Nation is as well. Before we get to our interview with Dan Munson, we wanted to remind Long Beach State fans that the 562.org and all of the coverage of everything Long Beach sports is available right there. The newsletter, the videos, the photos, the recaps, photos, recaps, and a video of the women's basketball game this weekend right now available at the 562.org. So make sure you check out that and join the interaction on social media. All right. We are joined in these uh, strange and unprecedented times by longtime Long Beach State men's basketball coach, Dan Munson. Uh, coach, how you doing? Good, good. It's, it's um, different to be, be uh, termed long-term, long time. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you think about it, I've been here a while now. And, uh, and uh, like everybody else right now going through uh, – doing their job uh, different than, than ever. So uh, just trying to navigate through it. Yeah, there's no question you're, you're, uh, you're long time. I believe you're like the longest tenure. I know you're the all-time winningest, uh, but you're also, I think you getting hired was like the first big story that JJ broke right at the start of our career. So we, we're, we've been around as long as you have, and people are calling us old sports writers now. So <laughs> there you Well, we, 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 we started together then. That's good. Seasoned vets, guys. Yeah. Seasoned vets makes it sound a lot more uh, distinguished. Coach, you're actually joining us right now from Walter Pyramid. You know, we talked a little bit with Andy already about what the pause means and how you guys have been trying to get through it. Uh, right now, you're watching guys shoot on opposite buckets, right? You're coming in two at a time? We are. I, I just said we're Noah's Ark. We're coming in two by two. We're uh, uh, one on each end of the court, uh, just so, so they continue their quarantine. But it was a really, uh, I, I think, smart uh, thing by our administration to uh, allow is uh, even though our, our quarantine goes until uh, Wednesday or Tuesday through Tuesday evening, um, uh, starting uh, Saturday, they allowed them to come in here and, and just get some conditioning and shots up. And 
they have to stay on half a court, but, um, and our uh, assistant in Q carry is running it and he's at, at center court in a, like a little coaching booth. Um, so they're all three very distant, but I just think when we, it's pretty real unrealistic for a division one athlete to lay in his dorm room or his apartment for 14 days, come out on Wednesday and practice full speed on, on, on Wednesday, Thursday, and then play two games on Friday, Saturday. And, um, you know, it's just so much goes into these games and everything to, to think that they're going to be mentally and physically able to do that is, I think, kind of unrealistic. So this is a great phase in as they're still in quarantine, but able to get some exercise and just get out of the box. You know, some of them are in dorm rooms and in apartments where, you know, they're just looking at four walls and just get them get them back uh, acclimated back into the into the working world a little bit, so to speak. So you guys are at the tail end of your two week quarantine. When you got the news at UCLA or after you took the tests at UCLA that you did have a positive test within your tier one, were you surprised by that news? Uh, to, to be honest, no. I mean, you go into every one of those tests uh, trying to prepare yourself for the worst and hope for the best uh, because you just see the numbers around, you see, um, uh, you just, you know, the odds, the odds are eventually it's going to happen and you have to be prepared for what you're going to tell your team or that kind of thing. And, and I had a little forewarning in that the person who, who ended up testing positive had texted me at six in the morning, said they weren't feeling well. And, and when I called them, uh, uh, every symptom of COVID was, was there, you know, the loss of taste and smell, the, the headache, the, the coughing, uh, the, 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 weak muscles, all those kind of things. So, you know, I, I was, you know, hoping, but, but uh, it did not surprise me. I mean, so, so give us just sort of the, the 30,000 foot view of, you know, what things look like you mentioned, you guys officially come out of quarantine in a couple of days um, and then you're playing right away. Right. So what's the, what's just sort of, what's the schedule for the rest of the week, I guess. Well, uh, we have to still take a day off. And so uh, tomorrow, um, Tomorrow will be that day, um, and uh, so they've been doing this this uh, individual work uh, uh, all weekend, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then they'll take tomorrow off, and then we have a, 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 a full full man roster practice all together on Wednesday, the same on Thursday, and then we play Bakersfield on Friday and Saturday. So we open up the league, and you know it's uh, it's you know it's not ideal, but nothing in this pandemic is ideal, and you just um, uh, again, navigate through it. And in the meantime, you know, we're, we're probably only eight or 10 true real practices into the season and we've got to stay patient. And, uh, you know, you know, I, I know like for instance, Bakersfield has been up and running now they've had pauses, but they've been up and running since June. So, you know, um, it's, it's nothing is, is quote unquote fair, you know, in life or in, in a, in a, in a uh, pandemic, obviously, but um, uh, you know, I think our guys, just the commitment that they all quarantined and stayed here over Christmas, you know, no, no, you know, I mean, a couple of local ones were able to get home a little bit, but the sacrifices they've made to have the opportunity, you know, I'm just trying to, to get them, you know, a semblance of a team that they can go out and compete and, and, and uh, enjoy the game they love and, and uh, continue to get better because this team is just basically in its infant stages of, of, of starting a season. As I, as I told him after San Francisco handed it to us, we need to remember something. This is our third game. 
but in a normal season, we would have had before our third game, we would have had two inner squad scrimmages, a black and gold inner squad scrimmage, uh, and two um, uh, scrimmages against uh, Division One opponents. We would have had basically five games under our belt before we ever started the season. We have none of those. We just have basically three preseason games to, to kind of build on and, and just three films to look at. You know? they, they learn so much by seeing their mistakes and seeing what they do right. And, um, you know, they've, they've only got to do that for about four or five days before we're shut down. I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, my wife is a teacher. She's mentioned that like any teacher that's trying to use their regular curriculum for this year is sort of destined to fail, right? And similarly for you, if you had just given them what you would normally give them in three full, you know, five full practices, um, I'm sure you would feel nowhere near ready to start conference play. So how much has it been a matter of are you trying to condense stuff, you know, so you're getting three practices worth of info into one session? Are you trying to really simplify it and cut the top off so you can get over it faster? How do you change that approach as a coach? Trying to simplify it, really trying to just get them. And, and I think that was something that, that before the pandemic, you know, I really wanted to get our guys to free their minds and get them out playing and get them out, you know, and using their athleticism and, and just, not not getting paralyzed out there thinking too much and uh you know but yet uh that's exactly what has happened in the in the, in the first couple of games is we we played very um uh, I, I would say paralyzed you know and, and just you know guys not on the same page wondering what the other guy is going to do or you know defensively uh, uh just being you know really late into rotations or, or getting into rotations too much and having to help too much and just all kinds of preseason issues that, that have to be ironed out and the only way you iron out is practice and and uh and play and you know this you know as as everything happens you know the probably the pause couldn't have happened at a worse time because i think the san francisco game gave us so many things to work on and we got one practice in i think or two uh before uh we had to shut down so um it's uh it's still going to be a work in progress and uh, you know, it's one of those seasons that it's awesome that they, they got the tournament um, um, slated for, for Vegas, but it really, truly is a season that I think we have to build and continue to improve right up to that tournament and hopefully be playing our best basketball when we get there. Well, Coach, I'll speak for myself here. If I were one of your players, I would be so frustrated right now. I mean, they come back and they sequester in August and September and then a positive test on campus not within the team, just on campus, pauses them. And then everybody else gets to get back in the gym and they have to wait outside and they get paused again. And then they want to go play UCLA and they get paused. And then another test that doesn't, I mean, these we're talking like 11, 12 kids who have done everything that's been asked of them and they none still them, have to sit and wait. And none of them not going to would have tested positive yet. You know, they yes. And yet, you know, that's a scary thing where a lot of these teams are going into the league play and most of their players have had it. So it's almost like they have an advantage because they haven't done had the commitment that our players have and haven't done the things our players have to, to stay safe and to, to do the things that, that are asked of them. And, and I'm, I'm just with you. I've been amazed. I, I'm just so inspired by their commitment to, and the love of the game to do the things that they've had to do. And, you know, that, you know, have Christmas, you know, by themselves in a dorm room or in an apartment and, and, uh, you know, I mean, that, that's something that, that all of us have to look at and say, would I do that? And, and honestly, it's, it's hard to, hard to say, you know, 
uh, you know, because I got to, I got to sequester and, and, and be in quarantine with my, my entire family together and, and have Christmas together. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's, I look at them and I'm just, uh, I'm very proud of the commitment they've had. Yeah, I would say, uh, and I've, I've made this comment to you and to, um, to Coach Cameron on the women's side as well, but JJ and I were not part of a group of people who were known for following rules uh, while we were in college <laughs> at Long Beach State. And it, it genuinely is, I know it's sort of a boring thing to say, but like the most impressive accomplishment to me is that you get that number of college kids who are willing to, <laughs> you know, submit themselves to all this stuff that they're going through to get on the court. So I I sort of, I take you and he very seriously when you say, like, you feel like you almost have a responsibility to the kids to live up to the sacrifice that they're making, right? I mean, it's like, if they're going to go through all this, you've got to help them uh, get on the court and, and play. And, and that's, that's really been the hardest balance for me personally, because I've always kind of been a quote unquote hard-nosed coach that, you know, has, has really challenged my players. And I haven't done that in this preseason because I just felt like, you know, they, they, they need, they need to enjoy being there and they don't need somebody just on them, riding them, you know, they, they, they work so hard just to get out here. Let's enjoy these two hours together. And yet what I found is they don't enjoy it if they're not playing well, they don't enjoy it if they're not playing to the, their ultimate level and, and to, to win and, and, and get beat by 30 at San Francisco is not fun. So, you know, I told, I pledged them, I'm going to coach you hard again. I'm just going to go back. We can't call this a free year. We can't, be pitied that we're lucky to be out here or, or any of those kind of things you know if we're going to do it let's try to do it right and and uh, so and yet now you get paused and you and you're not able to live up to that commitment so uh, it's it's just been very uh, surreal in a lot of ways and uh, you know just to be sitting here I haven't been in my office for <laughs> you know uh, since I think March 12th other than to you know been escorted in to get a, a, some paperwork out of there that kind of thing so you know, uh, uh, I've had players that have never been in their locker room, that have never been in the Long Beach State, you know, home uh, locker room that they signed, you know, on, on a, you know, to uh, come here for. But, uh, but yet, uh, you know, every everybody can say, you know, this is so so unprecedented, and yet, so how lucky we are to have an administration trying to make this work for us, trying to give us this experience. So it's just really odd to even even act like we're complaining at all because the easy thing for everybody to do is just shut it down and nobody's doing that everybody's the between the players and the administration and the nca everybody's trying to to make this thing work so you've got just a couple days of practice before you play this weekend what are those practices going to be like i mean are you going to be trying to implement stuff or is it just trying to get your feet back underneath you one of the things is we're not very physical. We're not very, um, uh, quote unquote, tough in, in, in some areas. And yet when you only have 10 guys, you know, one guy gets hit in the nose in a rebounding drill and, and you're out, you know, the, you got nine guys to practice with. So it, it's kind of interesting, you know, again, you're just in a in kind of a middle ground trying to find a happy medium. And, you know, I think we'll obviously have to dry run and, and try to, uh, 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 go you know over a lot of our plays and a lot of our press breakers and our, our slides and that kind of thing and just do a lot of review but yet we also got to get up and down and, and go some five on five and and get better you know um, not just uh, know what we're doing but doing doing it well so it, it'll be uh, as everything has been this year to be kind of a little bit of a mixture of of uh, 
full speed and and um, and dry running skeleton work. Is there a player that you're excited for for the for the Friday and Saturday games that you know you're you think is going to match up well with Bakersfield or that could kind of have a breakout performance? Well, I to be honest with you, I haven't worried too much about Bakersfield. I know I know their style is is one that's going to they play super hard. They they press. They 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 really uh, pressure you, you know and it's not an ideal team to play when you're coming off the kind of break you guys are. <laughs> exactly. You know, you're, you're, you know, they're going to really force the issue. And, and, uh, and that's, you know, so I, I just got to get our guys mentally, you know, I told them we had a couple of good zoom calls over this pause. And one of them I talked about, it. I said, you know, most of our problem is between our ears, not between the lines. And that can be good and bad, you know, because we can fix that during this pause, but yet uh, you know, you also can't play between the lines until, you get everything clear between the ears and you just kind of, you know, get yourself, set yourself free to just go play. And, and those are areas that we're really trying to mentally get ourselves going because, you know, in, in two of the three games, uh, you know, we, we start off fine and then something bad happens and it just snowballs on us. And mentally we just kind of shut down and our body language and those kind of things, just our confidence just goes out the window. And so, you know, we're, we're a fragile group and, and um, we're fragile because, you know, we have low numbers. We're fragile because we have some injuries uh, and, and we're fragile just because, you know, we haven't had success together as a team. So those are things that, that I'm, I'm really going to focus on on Wednesday or Friday and Saturday is just to play hard and, and play the next right play. Don't worry about the score. Don't worry about uh, uh, the, the, the last play that didn't go right worry about what we can do next the best of our ability. And I think then things will work out for the best for them. Great stuff as always, coach. Thank you so much for taking the time. Stay healthy and good luck this weekend. I appreciate you guys. You old timers. I mean, uh, season veterans. <laughs> Before we get out of here, we've got to do our big shouts like we do on every episode of the LB fee show. Somebody who deserves a little bit of attention. I'll get mine out of the way early. My big shout goes to the city of Nashville. I know a lot of things are going on right now, and a lot of them are not good, but the city of Nashville had, uh, had a really horrible thing happen there with that explosion. If you've ever been to Nashville, you know how magical a place that is. So big shouts to Nashville. You guys are in our thoughts. If you can send some money there, please do. They need our help right now. Obviously, everybody does, but let's not forget about things like that from Nashville. Mike, you got a big shout for the week? Um, yes, and uh, certainly seems very trivial uh, in comparison to yours. And I would echo what you just said. Uh, my aunt lived in Nashville for a decade and spent a lot of time there. Great place. And where the bomb went off is was basically their second street. I mean, it's it, it really it's like they they need to rebuild. And thank God, uh, you know, no uh, no innocent people were hurt in that explosion. Um, my shout is just going to be to uh, to every. Uh, you know, listen, if you've got a young kid listening to the podcast, you know, earmuffs them with your hands, but just shout out to all the moms and dads out there putting in double time uh, on Christmas Eve. <laughs> you know, it's been a long year and every minute of sleep uh, definitely feels very important right now. But uh, I know for my wife and I, we actually put on uh, uh, Clark Griswold and the gang uh, for our evening uh, ritual uh, while we got all the presents taken care of and the, the tree set up. Um, but uh, we got, you know, three or four hours with the kids where the world felt like it was regular on Christmas morning, which made it worth it. So shout out to all the parents who sacrificed the sleep for those, uh, those, those moments in the morning last week. Good stuff, Mike. 
How about you, Andy? How you? But your your last big shout for 2020. Yeah, so you know, obviously, echo both of you guys, and uh, maybe a little more again mundane, but a shout out to our operations staff and Beach Vision, who behind the scenes, you know, don't get a lot of love, but uh, you know, without them, we we don't we don't have a game. We can't play those games, and uh, to do their jobs, again, I don't think people understand. You know, the, those those are tough jobs in in a normal world, and then throw in the COVID side of things of having to manage it and operate it is not easy. So. Big shout out to, to the Long Beach State Athletics Operations staff and Beach Vision. I'm really grateful for uh, their hard work. Well, we're grateful for you, Andy, for letting us host this show again. Shout out to producer Roger, everybody else at Long Beach State, who gets all that information out to you, LB Nation. Stay safe out there, you guys. We're going to come through this. Goodbye and good riddance, 2020. Onward and upward, LB Nation. We'll see you guys soon. Take care.